Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 3, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? There's a lot on the docket, so pay attention. Get your pens, pencils, pads, all that stuff ready. We're going to talk about the daily chart. We're going to drill down to some other stuff. We're going to talk about numbers. We're going to look around the horn. The market is telling us something. It's not telling us anything different than what we've been discussing here. But what I will tell you is the email indicator is absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, on fire. What does that mean? First of all, for those that are new, what exactly is the email indicator? All right. Fair question. So the email indicator is this. Whenever I make what I consider a bold call, so like the market's going to top or the market's going to turn the third week in February, we're going to get into a corrective phase. This is going to last for a while. That's a pretty bold call, especially since it was made before the fact while the market was going up. So as such, what happens is I get blasted. I get hammered by all kinds of people friend, foe, other analysts, people that have no idea what they're talking about. It doesn't matter who it is. I get all kinds of stuff. You're crazy. You're wrong. The market's going to go up. We got another 10% to go. The market's going to go up all year. Just wait until the reopening happens. What about the stimulus? The Fed's behind everything. Don't fight the Fed. All that stuff. You can't imagine. I'm just tipping the iceberg with the stuff I just rattled off. And here's the way the email indicator works. The more they come in, the faster they come in, the nastier they get, the more right I know I am. For those of you that have been around for a while, this is not new. We've done this before. The email indicator is not new. It's all just a repeat performance. All right, let's put the email indicator aside. Where are we on the daily chart? Well, we're in a rather than buy the dip market, we finally transitioned to a sell the rip market. What does that mean? A sell the rip market means while we're getting big swings in both directions, you sell the rallies instead of buying the dips. For a long, long time, we were buying the dips, the buy the dip crowd, the pajama jockeys, the Johnny come latelys, the momentum players. It doesn't matter. Any dip that occurred in the market, it was bought up and they were right. Now we've transitioned to sell the rip. Case in point, Let's go back to the other day. Let's go back to yesterday's video. What did we discuss? We ran up, or a couple of days ago, we ran up to run a test of the most recent breakdown candle high. They almost got to the top. That was it. Yesterday, they closed back below the 20 period moving average. Again, the 20 is not as important as it once was. They've been back and forth through it. They've been riding the 20. It's more of a guideline. However, the 50 period moving average is going to raise some eyebrows. Here we are again, stop short of the 50 period moving average on close today. By the way, finishing basically on the lows of the day, right above the 50 period moving average. Now, does anybody think that the 50 period moving average is going to hold? The market's going to just continue up from here and make new highs. And the answer is it's not. They're back here for a reason. You might get a bounce tomorrow into Friday. That's possible. But all in all, until and unless you close back above the breakdown candle high from the other day right here, and the high is 391.88, until you close back above that number, 
This is a sell the rip environment, and that's the end of the story, period, full stop. Nobody should be surprised. You want to talk about a market that's teetering right now? I'll give you a couple of things she's teetering on. First, we're going to bring back 384. And let me refresh our memories what 384 represents. It represents the number you don't want to see the market, if you're bullish, close below on a weekly basis. Last week, they closed below, and then they recaptured it right away. And what we said at the time was, hey, is that really just a shot across the bow type of thing? Is it a flare up in the air? Is it a warning signal? And it could be, it generally is, they popped right back up, and here we are on the weekly chart, so you can see what I'm referring to. Last week closed below. This week pops right back up, but it doesn't matter what happens intra-week. What happens is where they close the week. So we've got two days left. Let's see if they have to make another attempt to try and get to and back above 384 before the week is out. If they don't and can't and close the week below 384, I'm pretty sure we can chalk up a good night Irene type of scenario. So that's number one, they're teetering around 384. About a 240 minute chart teetering around the 100 period moving average. About the 120 minute chart teetering around the 200 period moving average. Of course, we have the daily chart teetering around the 50 period moving average. About the 180 minute chart, it's more of a catch me, I'm falling type of look. Here's a shorter time frame because I'm gonna get into inside the numbers in a moment, but I wanna point something out. You see how the market found support today around 384, and then it basically fought 384 later on in the afternoon before giving up the ghost into the closing bell. Was 384 all there was on the board today? Were there other numbers that were more refined? Were there any trades on the board today? Well, let's get into inside the numbers, and then we're gonna answer those questions, and I suggest, if you're at all, at all active in the market during the trading day, regardless of what you're trading. I think you should pay close attention. It's hump day. Wake up green to another bounce back rally. It's a long way all the way from this morning, but that's what was going on in the pre-market and leading up to the opening bell. Big swings in both directions is what's on the docket. This is posted at zero dark 30. It's a reminder. Got to show up in uniform, ready to go. All right, let's see what else we have. The early thoughts. Let's get a handle on the big picture. What is it they're doing or trying to do this morning? So we can look at it a couple of ways. Either they were trying to get back to and above the big fat round number of ES3900 again, or they were running a test of a big breakdown candle high found on the chart almost nobody looks at. This trader, that would be me, looks, and the market ran a test this morning of said candle high around ES3897, give or take. They do the same thing over and over and over again. They just did it again. Again, this is like 8.15, 8.30 in the morning, or even before, long before. What exactly is it that I'm talking about? Well, let me put it in perspective. So we're looking at the right side of this chart, and we're looking right of this vertical. So you see this big breakdown candle. So this was from the last candle printed yesterday on the second. Okay, fair enough. So all night long, the market grinds up, grinds up, grinds up, and here we are at 6.30 or six o'clock in the morning, 
and it makes a high of 38.98. What was the high of this breakdown candle? How about 38.97.75? Are there any accidents or coincidences? And here's the other thing. If you've taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, then this is a picture-perfect chart right out of the course. It's a full stack, no two ways about it. This is taught. It happens over and over again, and if you have an understanding of what's going on and you believe in the process, then this is a way that you can benefit yourself, period, full stop. All right, let's see what else we have. We're scrolling up a little bit, 850, and I'm going to go through this a little bit slower today because there's important stuff in here. I want to point out a few important things. We've got a little pre-market action and a bit of a rodeo to start the day should be good for volatility, at least in the morning session. Now, here's where we start to get a handle on what's really going on. Let's narrow down the numbers to what's going to happen around the open. What do we think they're doing? What's going to happen if they open above or below a certain number? So here we go. We've got 385.54 is the opening print important number. What does that mean? It means whether or not they open above or below. Opening above doesn't guarantee anything. Opening below doesn't guarantee anything. But what it does is it gives us a hint. It gives us more information, more evidence of what they're likely doing. The more information you have, the more it becomes a full stack, the more confidence you have in what they're actually doing is what they're doing, and then hence you can take advantage of it in the form of a trading opportunity. Now, here's what we have to pay attention. Write this stuff down for a second. Below, meaning below 385.54, the opening print. If they do that, it opens the door for a test of 384, give or take, and a possible flush down to 382.50, where there would be support and buyers under normal market conditions. Now, remember, this is 9 a.m. in the morning, 30 minutes before they open for business. We're not going to go to the chart right now, but keep that number in mind. If they pop them, we've got some numbers on the upside. That didn't really materialize. They ran into trouble right at the gap left open from yesterday's close. Hence, 931, 386.55 is the gap left open can be resistance, we're a minute into the day. But the better resistance is all the way up here. So you don't know if they're going to pop them one minute into the day. You have no idea. They could go either way. So you have to be aware of the numbers. If they got up into this zone, would have been a different story. But you don't know that they're going to stop at 386.55 right away. How about 934? Really? BGS? Any trader that was in the front-running camp already got their base hit? We'll get to stocks on the move later. There's more stuff in there. It's pretty good. 937. Here's the deal with the SPY. If they start trading below 385.54, the door opens for the lower stuff mentioned earlier. If they can start closing candles above yesterday's close, they'll work toward the overhead resistance zone of at least 387.35. It's all about the candle closes on 10 and 15 minute ones. Do they close below or not? Showtime for the bulls to put up a fight. Okay, fair enough. 945. If they reach 384 down to 383.25, there should be a bounce. Reach it on this drop without eating a lot of time off the clock. Even if they're going lower later, still should be support in that zone. I'll be a buyer at and under 384. For a trade, it's not a marriage. Now, here's what happened. Here's the post-bounce update. Now that they had about a dollar or more bounce from the recent low, 
just to get our faculties right at the vertical today's activity. Here's a five minute chart. This is the bounce we're talking about. They started to come down, made a low of 384.77, and then you can see the high in the next five minute candle was 386.30. So that's too big of a bounce to want to play 384 again, at least from where I sit. Those are my rules. It's the way I approach the market. All right, fair enough. Let's see what else we have. So the market bounced and we're waiting. In the meantime, nice trade for those that took NEM. It bounced right before the price at the open. I didn't happen to see it at the time. I'm doing a lot of stuff in the morning, obviously. Some may have passed and technically that would have been correct. But I know some took it because they sent me emails saying thanks. So it was a nice trade. Now, by 10 o'clock, at present, the only long side trade is at 383.25. Remember, they could go down as far as 382.50. Moving right along, 1016, the trade is between 382.25, that's a typo, that should be 383.25, I'm surprised nobody caught that, and 382.50, and they should bounce from within that zone. 1018, it's the beginning of showtime. They can bounce from here or continue down to 382.50. Either way, this is a support zone. And there it is, 383.25. They came in, they did it, they got out of there in a hurry, rocket ride, nice trade, all that stuff. Back for the retest, a successful test, they bounce again and continue on. Garden variety, market behavior. All right, fair enough. What else we have? 1020, there's your minimum required base hit on the move back to run a test of what? Yeah. 384, it's an important number. Funny how this all works. Traders should take some profit along the way as always. It pays to know your numbers and it also pays to believe in your numbers. You can know numbers, but if you don't believe in the numbers, you're not gonna take some or all of the emotion away from the trade. 1023, if that was a low and could be the morning pivot, but too early to know, then they'll try and work back to 385.30 or higher. Back to the chart, and there it is, 385.30. It was the morning low. They worked back to it and higher. It's good to have a target. I didn't have a higher target than that at the time. Higher was all I was willing to say, but 385 is a pretty good target all the way from 383.25. A trader will never have their full position, or should, I should say, never have their full position on at ultimate target. Why is that? Because you have to take profit along the way. So a pro trader has the smallest part of their original position on at final target. How much is that usually? 20 or 25% at most. Moving right along. The rest is trader's choice. You got the bounce. We had really good participation in that. Some trade the ES, some trade the micros. We've got options. The SPY itself, leveraged exchange traded products, all of the above. 384 on the nose, funny how this works, you know about all that. So now they settle down a bit. We're gonna scroll up. You can read the notes, pause the video, go back to the charts and double check the work. But there is one more thing that I wanna point out. And we'll scroll up to find it. We took a break in the middle of the day. I need a break. By the way, this can be mentally challenging. I've already got a lot of stuff in my head. In my head is a dangerous place to be to begin with. Let's see what else we have later on. Come back after lunch and they're doing whatever they're doing. So you want to re-get a handle or at least I want to re-get a handle on the market. I'm not watching the whole time over that lunchtime period. I got to take a break. I've got to rest my eyes and get away from the screens. So 384 was a line in the sand. Below 384 is trouble for the bulls just like this morning. 
from a trading perspective, we're only interested in something really good. Doesn't exist right now. That was at one o'clock. Let's see what else we have. Didn't say a word for 50 minutes. No change. Let's see what else we have. Market starts to move. 205. Remember 382.50. The door is open. Can't know they will get there today, but if they do, there should be a bounce in and around that spot. If they do it into the close, they could keep going as anything goes into the end of the day. 382.50 is on the docket. Now by 218, at this point, below the morning low and 382.50 becomes an eat my hat number, in my humble opinion. What that meant was, and it wasn't clear at the time, I realize that now, what that meant was below the low and they're gonna go hit 382.50 and if they don't, I'll eat my hat. All right, so I had to clear that up. And by the way, just another tidbit, because I said they're going to go get 382.50, I want to make sure traders realize, don't short the market in the hole. It's a very difficult trade. What does that mean? When the market's already down, you don't want to short the market when it's already down because the bounces and rallies, the short covering spouts come hard and fast and really, really hard. And what happens is you're more likely to get whipped out than win the trade, even if you're right in the end. It's hard to stay in sometimes. As we get closer to the end of the day, traders have a decision to make. 382.50, give or take, should be a bounce. Should say produce a bounce is product. Again, another typo, but I'm going fast. So I have typos. Into the end of the day, anything goes. After 3 p.m. or so, the trade becomes a little more risky. Trader's choice if they get there today. Well, little did we know, just a few minutes later, showtime for the bulls. There should be a bounce from this zone. And then here's where I cleared up the confusion. Eat my hat, I left out hat. If they don't get there is what I meant. They got there. And there it is, 382.50. What did they do? They came into it, they spiked it, they turned around and had a little bit of a rocket ride up in the other direction. Back to where? 384. It pays to know your numbers. And there it is, 238. Resistance will naturally be at 384 if they can get there. Patience pays, yada, yada, yada. And then it's a no when to fold them. That's it. When you have that kind of day, and by the way, it's not always like this. We all know that. Today was rather easy. It's definitely not easy. This is not an easy business. Days like today happen, but most of the time, this is a little bit harder than today showed. Stocks on the move. JWN. N-E-M-R-O-S-T-B-G-S-G-O and D-L-T-R. Two of them didn't hit their numbers. They're off the board. That was D-L-T-R and raw stores. The rest of them, we're going to take a look at the charts. J-W-N, uh-oh, flew right through the number, 36.28. Looks like it should have been a stop out. No, that's not the way it works. The way it works is the stops are listed as hourly closes. This stop was 35.50 on hourly close. So if you paint by the numbers, and I know it's not easy, but if you can just bring yourself to paint by the numbers, look what happened. You enter at 36.28, the market goes down, or JWN goes down, you're sweating bullets. You shouldn't be sweating bullets. If you are, that means you had too many shares, too much exposure, too much risk. And here's an hourly chart. The stop was an hourly close below 35.50. So what happened in hour number one? Where did they close? 35.59. The stops are no accident or coincidence either. We've been over this. The second hour obviously went up. The third hour closed at what? 35.50. It's a close below 35.50. And then the rocket ride ensued. 
So I'm not saying a trader stayed in through that rodeo. All I'm saying, and the only reason I went over that, is to just show the point, display the point, make the point that the stops are there for a reason. My stops are also important numbers. How about NEM, Newmont Gold? It opened below the first number, so what do we do? We cancel it out. It's off the board. The only number on the board then becomes 5508. Now this one came close in the first minute of the day, bounced away, then did the deal, and then gave a rocket ride, came back, another rocket ride. But you can see the 5508 was an important number. It worked. If you're painting by the numbers, it worked. If you didn't take the trade, it doesn't matter. The numbers work. About B&G Foods, BGS, check this out. The low in the first candle is 2736 against my entry of 2735. So this is the one you saw in the commentary, a little bit of a screw job, but look what happened later. Comes in, and it was in fact the number, and it worked, and the numbers work, yada, yada, yada. Same routine, go. Grocery Outlet Holding Corp. Who the heck is that? No idea. Does it matter? No, because all charts act and react the same way. 3315 on the board, bright and early, what happened? Same routine. What's going on over in Camp IWM? In the process of giving up the 20 period moving average, filled the gap over here. Same routine with the breakdown candle high. They ran a test and coming off of it. Keep in mind, we're still gonna see, for a long time, large swings in both directions. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew, also known as Trick and Company, their job is to make investors and traders look like fools as much of the time as possible. Their secondary job is to make the market look fine when it's not fine. So they want you to believe that all is good, all is well, the repair job is underway. So don't be surprised when you see a rally tomorrow into Friday or whatever. In situations like this, when we sell off, we're gonna have these snapback rallies. The media is gonna want you to believe everything's fine. They're gonna latch onto a story that makes everything look fine. IWM is my favorite market leading indicator. However, the transports, my second favorite. However, they're my number one favorite canary in the coal mine. So one thing I do find interesting is where they are on the chart, still near the highs. They even punched through, I believe, made a new intraday high today, and they didn't sell off at all. So what's going on with the transports? What are they trying to tell us? Is it a rope-a-dope? Are they gonna drop through the floor tomorrow? We don't know yet, but this is a puzzle piece and it's on the table. And the reason is, is because you have to pay attention to what normally is a pretty darn good canary in the coal mine. If the transports are signaling that the market's gonna bounce or rally, the transports are not melting down, you wanna pay attention to that. If the market gives us a rally for a day or two for argument's sake, remember what I said before, it's a sell the rip market, let them bounce. What about the tech folks out in Silicon Valley? Now that's an ugly chart. This was a bearish, flaggish, wedgish pattern. We talked about it a couple of times, couple, three times, whatever it was. Remember, it was the opposite that we drew in the IWM. We talked about divergences and we said one of the two things is gonna happen. Either the Qs are gonna turn around and go up or the IWM turns around and comes down. That's the way divergences work. We talk about it all the time. They don't stay diverged. Markets like this, won't stay in a divergent situation for very long. So this one was signaling something totally different than bullish. So it's working out to the downside. It's what we expected in the big picture. What was the big picture? That the market would top 
the third week in February. Financials up almost 1% today. Again, has to be a puzzle piece, has to be on the table. Also, something we discussed last night, which is, can you be short against a closing high? And we did say a closing high against the reversal candle high, right? So that high was 33.84. What did they do today? They ran a test, even got above the breakdown candle high, but closed below it. That's normal garden variety market behavior. They ran the test. So far, the test failed. They didn't close above. Therefore, any trader that was in the trade or took the trade up there is still in the trade. You're close to risk. And if you have to lose a trade, what? You lose small and fast. That's the objective. However, this is still a puzzle piece and it's on the table. Why is that? Well, look at it. It's up. They're high on the chart. All-time new highs. You can't just ignore it. It gets assigned a puzzle piece. We're not going to rehash the whole story with the bond market and rates and profitability to the bottom line of the banks, all that stuff. The XLF will come down like everything else when the time is right. Smash Mouth down 3% today, closed below its 50-period moving average. Get out the crime scene tape. They murdered it. Again, this was always going to happen. It's just a matter of how they do it, when they do it. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.